Welcome back to our Growing the Good Christian Girl and we are in our debrief episode with me and James talking about this segment on purity culture and sexuality. So I guess my first question for you, James, is what did you believe about sexuality when you were growing up and has that changed at all? And if so, why? That's a long question. That's like three questions in one. Yeah. You know, I... I don't know that I'm going to be able to really recall with a lot of nuance. I do know that, you know, traditional homeschooled Christian home Both did get, did get a, a lot of, there wasn't a lot of talk about sex. True. In fact, I was listening to these episodes singing, wow, this is, was, these are, this is such a wonderful conversation. I don't think I've ever heard such an explicit talk about <laughs> sex. I know, right? That was, yeah. But like but that wasn't up. that wasn't crass. Mm. So you know, I was in a fraternity in college mm. and a non-Christian college. So I've had a lot of very interesting exposure <laughs> to male expressions of sexuality. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, but all that to say, you know, I I think I was definitely concerned about lust mm. as a kid, as a young boy, to the point that. I think it colored a lot of my interactions with the opposite sex mm. and made it very difficult for me to have what I would say like genuine female friendships. Yeah. So, and I don't know how much of that I would say is lust related. Yeah. But certainly one of my takeaways from, you know, and I, I don't say, well, it was because my church said this or it was because my parents said that. All I can really speak to is You know, when I was growing up, this is what I thought. Mm. And, you know, what I thought was, you know, hey, pornography is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, lust is wrong. Um, I feel an attraction to girls. I have no idea how to act on it. So I I think the only thing I can really recall clearly is that I was just very like, oh, no, what what, like Mm. always asking myself about attraction. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I really liked how she was saying in there, like, noticing isn't attraction. And, mm, like, even mm-hmm. the whole, like, I always thought, like, whoever I marry is going to have eyes for only me. Like, he's going to, you know, cause there could be, there's gorgeous women, Victoria's Secret models all in the room. And, like, he's only going to look at me. He's not going to want to notice anyone else. Mm, and mm-hmm. I think that, again, was equating lust with noticing, which Sheila talked a lot about in her podcast. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. lust is not the same thing as noticing. And noticing is human. And it just put a lot of pressure on, put a lot of pressure on a guy. Mm-hmm. Like f- putting it, like I think a healthy marriage is a guy's just going to stare at me all day long. And that's just weird. Mm-hmm. So the the next question I have is, what do you believe about a healthy biblical sexuality now? What is What are your thoughts on it as far as like we're talking heterosexuality here? Um, yeah, you know, I... I don't know that I have a great answer for this. It's interesting because I've read a lot of the books that that Sheila criticized, and mm-hmm. I and I think her criticism was right. But you know, when I read, I sort of read quickly, and I don't mm-hmm. spend a lot of time thinking about the nuances. Mm-hmm. So I think like where I had always thought, yeah, you know, girls, the, the wife might not like sex as much, and the guy, you mm-hmm. know, should have. You know, is going to want more sex. I, I just, I'd always sort of thought that was true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think one big takeaway is appreciating how some little comments that you know, especially men can make about sexuality, can be really damaging mm-hmm. to women. 
I think for me, like I was asking the question for a while, like Kat Harris had been asking, is sex designed to be only in marriage? And I all, I remember as a teenager asking that and being like, where does it say that in the Bible? And that's a question we get a lot on our videos. It's like, where does the Bible say to save sex for marriage? And people will tell me, oh, when it talks about sexual immorality, that groups anything outside of marriage. And I really liked how Kat Harris talked about it, like how there's this invitation to sex being in marriage only. Um, and that she said, I can clearly see that invitation in scripture. And I thought that was a great way to put it because I think even like, how in the Bible, like there was tons of polygamy going on. Mm -hmm. And then in the New Testament, Paul's like, if you want to be a deacon, you got to have only one wife, you know, like mm -hmm. it's like, even in the New Testament church, there were people with multiple wives. Um, and so it almost seems like a movement toward this monogamy of like one person for life. It feels like it's moving that direction throughout mm -hmm. the story of mm -hmm. the storyline of scripture. So I guess like it was just interesting to hear Kat's perspective on that and the study that she's done. Cause I know there's a lot of like when the Bible talks about sex, there's a lot of power dynamics at play. Um, and that definitely colors how we can interpret what the Bible's message about sex is. But I think, I think there's like Kat said, there's this invitation to sexuality being reserved for within marriage. And I don't know, I, I guess I want to explore it more on my own now. It's not something I've really studied a lot. Um, because I'm married now, but... <sighs> yeah, you know, it, it was interesting. I, until that podcast, I had never thought there was any question about this at all. Mm. Like, I had always thought this was... And, and this is... That this was just... It was black and white. You shouldn't yeah. have sex before marriage. Very obvious from the Bible. Mm. I, you know, I, I guess I... To me, it's like you read the Bible, and the Bible definitely values sex mm -hmm. and values marriage, and sex is designed for marriage. Like, mm -hmm. to me, that's like... Yeah, God loves us. It's like a very obvious thing. Mm -hmm. So that's not to to denigrate or say, hey, if you're questioning this, you shouldn't go on your own kind of journey of exploring mm -hmm. what the Bible says and what the Bible means. Because certainly all the things that you mentioned about what we read about in the Bible and, you know, the different, how, how different sex was in society back in, mm -hmm. you know, the ancient world 2,000 plus years ago, all yeah. of that is true. But for me, that's not something I ever, that ever like troubled me. Or yeah. bothered me. Um, if, if anything, I, it was almost too defining of a mark. Hmm. Like I, like I definitely related to what Kat was saying. Like I was definitely like silently judging people who like I totally did that shared too. a bed or slept <laughs> over or, um, you know, think and uh, and it, it seems like yeah, you want to be you want to be in our Christian group in college. You better not be like getting drunk or uh -huh. sleeping with your girlfriend. Like these yeah. are the, the defining Christian characteristics. Right. And, uh, you know, while I think it's important to be set apart and to be holy, mm -hmm. you know, I think I, I liked what Kat said is, you know, can we be human? Can we have, mm -hmm. can we have space for other people to be human and mm -hmm. to be on a journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that really is, good. that's a very important point to keep in mind, not only for the topic of sexuality, but, whatever other topic where we might have a, uh, a pharisaical bent. That's at least for me, where it's like, well, I'm saving myself for marriage, and I can't believe that your people aren't. Again, not that I would actually say that, right. but I thought it, and it colored how I viewed the world, and I think mm. it colored my how compassionate I could be towards people. That totally makes sense, yeah. And I think for me, like as I've thought about it, and again, this isn't something I've studied in depth, but I think as I've thought about it and listening to Kat's podcast and all that, 
I guess in a similar way, Kat said, you know, I studied this, I studied this, and I decided, you know what, I do want to save sex for marriage. And I think like, obviously we've been married for a while now, but I think if I were to go back and do it again, I would still save sex for marriage. I think that to mm, me, that would mm -hmm. still be a way to honor God in my relationship. So for us, like, like we talked about in our recent video, there was never been a point where we're like, man, if we were having sex before marriage, our relationship would have been so much better. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. just, I don't feel that. And I, I feel like it was actually very beautiful and special to save it. That being mm -hmm. said, we didn't date for years and years. We weren't like high school sweethearts. That would be really hard. Yeah. That yeah. would be, you'd mm -hmm. really, I don't know, that would be really hard to figure yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as we wrestled in our sort of, you know, year and, and a half long engagement, with yeah. like, well, how oh, far yeah. is too far? What should we be doing when we're like showing physical affection to one uh -huh. another? Like, that is a that's a tough, tough. thing to navigate. It is. And um, the snowball, like physical relationships, God made to snowball. You know. Yeah. And um, something else, it was I never rewind podcast to listen to stuff again, and this is probably the first time and the one with Cat that I Ooh. listened to. She was referencing a book, and she said, you know, rather than thinking of sexuality is like a journey to this fixed destination, mm. i.e., penetration. You know, maybe it's better to think of sex as like a combination or an amalgamation of experiences. Mm. And I think especially when you think about the way that Sheila broke down intercourse. Yeah, and like that was so Like when you so said good. like, hey, did you have sex last night? Well, what do you right. mean by I that? I almost like spit my water out. I was like, that. <laughs> what do you mean did you have sex last right. night? But the way she broke it down and the idea that, yeah. yeah, you know, intercourse can happen without any kind of emotional involvement or, or physical pleasure or intimacy for yeah. a woman. I was like, that's true. Yeah. That is possible. And is that, you know, especially when juxtaposed with Song of Solomon, mm. like, is that really the kind of mutual pleasure that mm. God has designed? I mean, mm -hmm. I think the answer is is no. Yeah. So, yeah, all that to say is I think the idea when we think of, hey, we're saving sex for marriage, we have to think about a lot more than, oh, let's make sure the penis doesn't go into the vagina. <laughs> exactly. As long as that doesn't happen, <laughs> we're good. We're good, Yeah. That's true. And also like being on that journey of like growing in physical intimacy, like, cause that started before we got married, you mm -hmm. know, like we didn't have sex until we got married and there were other things we didn't do until we got married, mm -hmm. but like, but we did more than holding hands. Right. We loved our makeout sessions. And like, I don't regret that at all. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so glad we let it like grow slowly mm -hmm. and naturally. And it almost felt like having that, like no sex until marriage forced us to let it slowly grow naturally instead of just like jumping all in week mm -hmm. two, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which could have very easily happened. And so it felt like it forced us to build this intimacy slowly, which was really special and beautiful. So, mm -hmm. so, okay. My next question is, let's talk about the modesty piece. Sheila talked about, oh, yeah. do you want to, what were your yeah. thoughts on Well, that? modesty was a big deal, yeah. like growing up in our conservative church, uh -huh. but I don't think it was ever a big deal for what guys were wearing. <laughs> I mean, true. although my mom would sometimes say, you know, those pants are too tight. To you? Oh, yeah. Well, you do have a yeah. Thought, so. We, uh, yeah, we, we used to like roll our eyes. We'd have to turn around in our pants. We'd have to squat down. My mom was, <laughs> she was concerned. But I definitely, I, love I that think she did that, that for you and your brother too. Yeah, not just but your it, sisters. Yeah, but I, I think that they, they definitely, I mean, maybe I'm misremembering. I think that it would be better probably to ask them. I think it was definitely modesty is about what girls wear. Yeah. Like it can't be That's too tight. That's like, for us. No cleavage. Uh -huh. No midriff. Um, right. I, I don't know that I have any funny anecdotes to share, but it was definitely like 
we dress different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like... No bikinis. Oh my gosh, bikinis. I remember someone no. we knew and were close with and was this amazing woman of God. She wore a bikini on the beach and my mom was like, that shows you like someone's heart. Actually, maybe my mom didn't say that. That's what I remember her saying. My mom doesn't <laughs> remember a lot of things wrong though. No, my mom no. now wears bikinis herself, which is hilarious. But anyway, there was this very would you just like, Well, would you describe it as a bikini or a two-piece, sweetie? Sports bikinis, like sports bra kind of thing. She's an athlete, so. But anyway, so there's... <laughs> <laughs> I think if your mom when your mom listens to the podcast, <laughs> she will probably take exception to the way that you describe her and what you remember, which is pretty typical for Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany's like, Mom, I can't believe that this happened when I was a kid. <laughs> Tiffany was like, like that never happened. I'm not sure that happened, Tiffany. <laughs> or maybe that happened to another sibling, but not to you. <laughs> Tiffany's like, I'm so sure. <laughs> anyway. And she, yeah. and Tiffany wonders why I question her memory. I think my memory is perfect. Of course, everyone does. <laughs> anyway, back to the topic at hand, bikinis. They were like the devil, like the sin oh, of yeah. sins. Yeah. And I think it's just interesting. Like we put so much emphasis on things like modesty. When what is the main message of the Bible? <laughs> Like, it's not about modesty. Like, the main oh, themes yeah, are, like, justice and, like, caring for the poor and the widow and speaking or, or up for the oppressed or... Worshiping yeah, God. Loving, loving God. God. Like, yeah. loving each other. Like, I just... And you could say modesty falls into loving each other, but I think it actually... Right. But I, I guess I don't think modesty the way we were taught it really does fall into well, that. I would, I, to me, it's just, it's overemphasized. And yeah. I think Sheila made this point. If all you're talking, if you're talking about modesty and lust, modesty and lust, modesty and lust, mm. a lot, especially to adolescents, that's going to be like on their mind a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. And the more it's like put on your mind, this is a big deal, this is a big deal, this is a yeah. big deal, the more like hyper-focused that's you true. can be on it. Yeah. Um, and I definitely remember reading something that talked about like how like, you should, like, you have to be so careful the way you dress your daughters in church because, mm -hmm. like, the men who see them, like, Wait. in church, like, and I could, and I, and, like, as I read that at an, as an adolescent, I thought, well, I feel, I have sexual feelings towards women. Like, I see a woman and I think, ooh, like, yeah. not necessarily I want to have sex with her, but I, like, my body feels body. different yeah. than when I see one of my friends. Yeah, yeah. And so... And instead yeah, of teaching I, that as normal, right? Like, oh yeah, that's normal. It's like yeah. being hungry, but right, which you know, it is. We need to learn how to love and respect one another. Yeah, but instead, we're taught as like, oh my gosh, that's like this horrible sin, yes. and like women have to Wrestle protect you this from feeling. this. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it's so messed up. But like, I think too, hearing that message as like a woman, like that's disgusting. Like you're telling me that I'm responsible for my friend's dad's sin, like. See, it was never said like that. Right, so it's like you message. miss the insidiousness yeah. of it. But that is the takeaway. Yeah. And that's the thing I think a lot of people just like, I would say myself included, just didn't realize, hey, when mm. you put all this together, the result is a pretty insidious message towards women. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times it was just repeated without really thinking about how is all of this, mm. what these young women are hearing, really going to affect them? What and are they going to take away? Also, the fact like people are like modesty, like you know, situational ethics is saying you can dress different in different places, but we tell people, which isn't true, but we tell people that based on their body type and how attractive they are depends how modestly they have to dress. Really? 
oh yeah, like if you're an attractive woman, you have to be way more careful and more people are gonna tell you you're making people stumble where someone could be wearing the exact same thing with a different body type and no one says anything to her. Oh wow. It's messed up. That is, yeah, anyway. There's mm -hmm. just, it's been like a very, I, why can't we just treat sex as like, this is normal. God created this. Like mm -hmm. our bodies react this way, mm -hmm. not because we're sinning, but because we're sexual beings mm -hmm. too, mm -hmm. designed in the image of God. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why can't there be this freedom? And also like not to make it a salvation issue, like Kat was saying, like, whether you save sex till marriage or not is not a salvation issue and it doesn't guarantee you're going to have an amazing marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The people we met with who were like our premarital mentors said, you know, one thing we want to share with you is a lot of couples who are saving sex for marriage have this idea like we've done everything right now like God's going to give us this amazing marriage and they're like that's just not true like yeah it's true not only for sex but also for a lot of things there's yeah, like this emphasis like, I on like this or something. yeah if we did it all right up until this point marriage is just going to be easy. flow naturally yeah. it's going to be easy and they were like everyone struggles yeah, like, at different yeah, points yeah, in their yeah, marriage in different ways yeah and, and, there's you no can't way see around struggle that. as like a sign of failure yeah. or like a lack of holiness right um yeah and so I hear a lot of people, if I didn't save sex till marriage or if I masturbated, because mm -hmm. that's like a big taboo thing in mm -hmm. church circles, which mm -hmm. we've talked about that in other videos. I'm not convinced that it's totally wrong. I know I always lose followers when I say that, but I feel like people need to know, like we're not under this. Yeah. I mean, I think the cat's perspective, the yeah. way that she couched it was great. It's yeah. like, let's hold this like a diamond. Yeah. Like, let's look at it from different sides. Mm -hmm. And I think that if it's, I think no matter what perspective you start with and no matter what perspective you end with, that is a really healthy way to think of things. Yeah. Rather than saying, you're questioning this, I really question you as a person. <laughs> like, I think you should say, hey, discussion is not the same thing as, you know, denying the faith. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. we can talk about things. We can, yeah. as our counselor says, you can play with the ideas. Mm -hmm. Play with the ideas. See what you learn. See yeah. what you think. I, I don't think, especially, you know, maybe that's not a great thing to tell a 16-year-old, but certainly well, as adults. I think it's better than the shame we grow up under. Well, yeah, There's a lot of true. people who, I mean, I know plenty of women who masturbation started, like, without even knowing that that's what it was. And there was nothing, like, it was so... I don't know. I, Everyone's like, story is It's different. so different. Yeah. yeah. And then other mm -hmm. people feel like they're in bondage to masturbation. Mm -hmm. And so it just, mm -hmm. it's so different for each person. And we have to stop giving these black and white answers that leave people feeling shame. Anyway. Well, not that it, there's no black and white answers. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm getting mm -hmm. on a rabbit trail. Going back to my original point. <laughs> so like this idea of like, if I haven't saved sex or marriage or I've masturbated or whatever, then is it going to ruin my marriage? Am I worth less or something? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the answer is no. That is not what it means. Yeah. We're broken people and God redeems yes. us. And we all bring God brokenness of whatever yeah. kind it is into our marriage and we work through it together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No matter how mm -hmm. quote unquote right you've done things or not. Like mm -hmm. whether you followed your evangelical upbringing to the T or not. Like mm -hmm. you, we are all going to bring brokenness in and we're all going to have to work through it. And that becomes shared history and a bond between you and your yeah. husband. Yeah. So it becomes something beautiful if you yeah. work through it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? So there was one thing that yeah. I that I had thought, you know, in like a lot of times I get a little off put by people, sometimes even you who say, well, sure. because of purity culture this and because of purity culture that. <laughs> and like, yeah. you know. He's like, sometimes, sweetie, it's like every when everything's in it. 
Wait, what is it? What, you're holding a hammer and everything's a nail. Yeah. So, <laughs> but what I, what I thought about in listening to Kat's podcast, and certainly to an extent with Sheila's, was I think the mistake that the church made, you know, back in the day was instead of looking, what does the Bible really say about sex and sexuality? They looked at like the crazy hypersexuality that was going on in mainstream culture mm. and said, ooh, let's react to this. Interesting. Because let me tell you, I've seen a lot of very negative sexuality. In my college mm. experience, you know, I was sort of the the observer to, you know, sex people talk like sexual assault, girls mm. getting pushed by older guys to wow. go way farther than they wanted you to. You saw that happening or you well, heard not, about it after? Heard about it secondhand. Oh. Like guys saying awful, awful things about girls wow. and really demeaning them. Yeah. Like so it from my perspective, that was that was, I'm not saying that purity culture couldn't be so toxic for some people, but there was a lot of toxicity there too. Mm. And so, but I think unfortunately the church was like, whoa, like, and like you think church, church can objectify women and mm -hmm. like have male dominance, like talk about fraternities and sororities, mm -hmm. my freaking goodness, mm -hmm. like way, yeah. way worse. I, I thought. Mm. Um, maybe not for everyone, but for some people, again, mm. like evangelical church wasn't bad for everyone, but for some people it was bad. Yeah. You know, the same thing with like mainstream college, but all that to say, like, I just, one of the things I found so refreshing about Sheila's podcast was like, let's, the Bible has a book that talks about sex, Song yeah. of Solomon. Let's talk about that and yeah. like that being the picture. And I think as Christians, that's what we really need to get back to yeah. is what is like, not like, what are we saying in opposition to the world mm. or in opposition to purity culture, but like, let's draw from the source, the yeah. Bible, and like the belief that God designed us and God designed us with intention. Yeah. And he designed us beautifully and he designed us to experience pleasure. Mm. And I think when we focus on what the Bible is mm -hmm. pointing us to, I feel like that's going to take us to a much better place mm. than trying to just respond mm. to a lot of the negative views of sexuality that are out there, of which there are many. That's a good point. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. What did you mm -hmm. think of this segment? And next week we start our final segment in season two of this podcast, which is all about social justice. So I'll see you next week for that. Love you guys. Bye.